Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Psalm 69 and it's going to be the last psalm of the year because I want to get into um, I want to get into basically Christmas and Jesus's birth and just some of the things around around his birth and and whatnot. But Psalm 69 is a little bit long and it also represents and is considered to be a depiction of of Jesus in, in a lot of ways. <clears throat> so there's a number of scriptures that are tied to it. And what I want to do is just basically cut this in half. We'll do it to half of it today and we'll do half of it tomorrow where we just go in and we also read um, various scriptures that have some sort of a relationship and pointing towards towards Jesus because that's actually going to help me within integrating into the next um, phase for December. For December, I'm looking at looking at initially the prophecies, a lot of the prophecies. Not, I mean, there's like 300 um, that some people point to, and others, you know, are just there's just a lot of them, and some of them are are extremely you know spot on, um, especially from like Isaiah and in the Psalms. But then there's also a lot of them that you know I've been looking at and are kind of they're kind of a stretch at times, um, or kind of obscure. Let me rephrase that. And so what I want to do here is we'll just go through and we'll go, you know, um, this Psalm is, is 36, uh, verses. So we'll go through about the first 20, 18, 19, 20, and then we'll read some of the, the verses that are tied to it, that are pointing to Jesus and then tomorrow we'll go through the rest of it. We'll read the entire scripture though today and we'll read it tomorrow also. So anyways, that's it. That's kind of, that's the concept. Just wanted to throw that out there before we get started. So let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today and for your many blessings. I thank you for how perfect this is working out to be our last Psalm of the year and that we'll be, you know, going through and exploring Jesus's birth and who he is and what he was and all the, the, scriptures that pointed to him early into the, uh, the history of the world. So Father, I just pray as we go through this and as we read today, that like always, that you would be the one that we hear, that it wouldn't be me, it wouldn't be my thoughts or my ideas, or any from any other man, but that it would be you that we hear. So Lord, I just pray that as we go through this, our hearts, our minds, and our spirits be completely open to you that we would grow closer to you and be able to love you completely with our whole heart, our whole soul and being. And then we can love our neighbor as ourselves. So Father, I pray and I lift up this reading and this time to you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's just go ahead and jump on in and go through and start reading Psalm 69 verse 1. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters, the floods engulf me. I am worn out calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail looking for my God. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. Many are my enemies without cause. Those who seek to destroy me. I am forced to restore what I did not steal. 
You, God, know my folly. My guilt is not hidden from you. Lord, the Almighty, may those who hope in you not be disgraced because of me. God of Israel, may those who seek you not be put to shame because of me. For I endure scorn for your sake, and shame covers my face. I am a foreigner to my own family, a stranger to my own mother's children. For zeal, your house consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. When I weep and fast, I must endure scorn. When I put on sackcloth, people make sport of me. Those who sit at the gate mock me, and I am the song of the drunkards. But I pray to you, Lord, in the time of your favor. In your great love, O God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mire. Do not let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me, from the deep waters. Do not let the floodwaters engulf me, or the depths swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love. In your great mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Deliver me because of my foes. You know how I am scorned, disgraced, and shamed. All my enemies are before you. Scorn has broken my heart and has left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. May the table set before them become a snare. May it become retribution and a trap. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. Pour out your wrath on them. Let your fierce anger overtake them. May their place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in their tents. For they persecute you, wound wound and talk about the pain of those you hurt. Let's redo that one. Verse 26. For they persecute those you wound and talk about the pain of those you hurt. Change them with crime upon crime. Sorry. Charge them with crime upon crime. Do not let them snare you in your salvation. May they be blotted out of the book of life and not be listed with the righteous. But as for me, afflicted and in pain, may your salvation, God, protect me. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horns and hooves. The poor will see and be glad. You who seek God, may your hearts be live. Or may your hearts live. Sorry. The Lord hears the needy and does not despise his captive people. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and all them that move in them. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. Then people will settle, will settle there and possess it. The children of his servants will inherit it, and those who love his name will dwell there. So there's a lot there. It definitely is a prayer of desperation. David is in trouble. So as I go through and I read, I was reading the the John MacArthur Bible commentary about chapter 69. It really struck home as to how much David 
is always in, in trouble, and he's always turning to God. David did not have this peaceful, easy life. David had a life full of challenges. Even though he was the greatest king of the Jews, he had a lot of issues. And if David can, even though he's a man after God's own heart, then I'm going to probably have a lot of challenges and issues too. Life isn't going to be simple for me, but thank God there's David who's there to give me the example that when all else is going crazy, when everything is going against me, he's there to show me who he is or who God is and how to reach out to God and that I'm not alone or unique in my tri- my trials. Even when he's sitting, he sits there and says one comment where he talks about, I have to re- provide recompense or basically pay back things that I didn't even steal. But what that would actually indicate to me a little bit is that maybe there were times when he stole, right? So, you know, it's one of those situations. And another one, he's like, people are making fun of him as he's weeping and fasting. And he's having to deal with the scorn of people. He puts on the sackcloth and people mock him. Drunkards sing about him. And, you know, I think about when I weep, when I'm truly upset, am I putting on my sackcloth? Am I on my hands and knees praying to God as David was? I'd have to say no. So let's go through and look at this a little bit. Let's look at some of the scriptures. The MacArthur Bible says, or the commentary says, this prayer is a prayer of desperation. David realizes that because he is hated by others, he must be killed, that he may be killed. Though he begs for, for recuse and calls down curses on his enemies, I'm sorry, though he <laughs> begs for rescue and calls down curses on his enemies, he concludes the psalm with a high note of praise, with inferences concerning the coming messianic kingdom when all enemies of God's people are dealt with swiftly and severely. They then point to Revelations 2.27, where it says, That one will rule over them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my father, I will also give that, that one the morning star. So David's pointing to the future when Christ is there and he's ruling over the world. Much of the psalm was applied to Christ by the New Testament writers. This psalm expresses the feelings of any believer who is being horribly ridiculed, but it uniquely refers to Christ. It talks about in the whole um, elements from verses 1 to 3, the description of his situation. 4 to 12 is the reason for his situation. 13 to 18 is the hope for his situation. 19 to 21 the reproach of his situation. And then finally, 22 to 28 is the revenge for his situation. And lastly, it's the promise of salvation in verses 29 through 36. So when we start looking at this, when we think of those who hate me in verse four, those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. This is also talked about in, in John chapter 15, verse 25. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. Next we sit and we go through verse 8 where it says, I am a foreigner to my own family. 
a stranger to my own mother's children. We can see in Matthew 12, 46 through 50, it says, While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to them, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. They also point to, and it's referenced in John 7, 3 through 5, Jesus' brother said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world, for even his own brothers did not believe in him. Going on to verse 9, it says, For zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. That's referenced by the New Testament authors in John chapter 2, verse 17. His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. And then also in Romans 15, verse 3. For even Christ did not please himself, but, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. I just find it so interesting how the disciples and the new, the first century church really pointed out all of these elements of how Jesus was pointed to in this simple scripture. Lastly, let's look at the verse of 20, verse 21. They put gall in my food and gave me vinegar for my thirst. You can see in Matthew 27, verse 34. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. So the New Testament authors definitely believed that Jesus was prophesied about and that he was mentioned in the Old Testament. And he was, obviously, the Messiah that had come. And so with that, let's just go back to God in prayer and seek him out as we, as we move forward today. Lord, I thank you for today, and I thank you for the many blessings. I'm grateful for this upcoming time when we get to worship and, and reflect on your coming, how you became a man a baby, and were prophesied about. This was all part of a plan that God had from the beginning, just as he had a plan in place for me and everyone else. So, Father, I just thank you for this time. I pray that our hearts and our minds would be opened. Even though I feel a little distracted with all the things going on in my life and the challenges, I thank you that I have David as an example of who to look for when I'm struggling. I thank you that I have Jesus who removes my sin. And I thank you that I get to call you my God. And I'm so grateful that I can do that because I don't deserve it by any stretch of the imagination. But you love me for whatever reason. And I just pray that I would do your will 
and bring you honor and glory. I pray for this upcoming weekend that we, if we spend time with family and friends, that we would be able to really love them and enjoy them as you want us to love them and enjoy them. And may we get to know you even more and may our hearts and our minds be filled with you. And may we then be able to love our neighbors as ourselves. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.